Welcome back, everyone, to Pixel Radio Commentary. I am Zach. I'm Evelyn. Christine. And I'm Carlo. We're bouncing all around the room there. It's like usually we go in a bit of a like breaking the fourth wall here, but usually we go in a nice circle to make it so that we know what's going on. But, uh, but this Evelyn time we're just going yeah, to jump right in. Going... You know, I, I walked in here. I'm like, sorry, guys. I'm not going to be like up to my usual. I'm feeling really tired. Now I'm like, all right, let's fucking talk about video <laughs> games. Let's go. You're so angry about so many fucking things. Fucking video <laughs> games. We are coming off of a uh, hot packs, I would say, in more ways than one, uh, mostly because it was really warm in the convention center this year at it, least that yeah. was my experience it's probably the metal detectors yeah <laughs> no i have never had to be so line just be in line more line <laughs> really? that's like saying a lot because it's packs but you like, know this is like the least the, line i've oh been oh my god the honestly metal this, is, this is the most oh, line i've been in i've never been happier to be in a line because i had fire emblem three houses the whole fucking time <laughs> oh, yeah, you are so good God. Oh my god! I have never seen a higher concentration of switches than in the lines waiting to get into. There packs. were a lot of switches. Yeah, I actually didn't even bring my switch this time, but I also didn't have much room in my backpack since I was cosplaying. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it would have been very appropriate. It would have been playing Pokemon while the the Scottish Pokemon trainer. I could have been <laughs> cussing everyone out. It'd been great. Did anyone actually play Is any that of? The big games. <laughs> not the cussing. Um, of the big games? Absolutely not. Yeah. I, I don't know a single person uh, who did. Uh, I, I never Pokemon. did. I played Final Fantasy fourteen. Hey. Because I wanted congrats. the fucking I Beat Titania shirt. And guess what? I got the I Beat Titania shirt. Well done. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Little applause. talking about that. Boop, boop, boop. Yeah. It, we got like, I got adopted in the middle of the line by a group. It was great. <laughs> well uh, done. And That's I got carried. Yeah. I'll say it. I got carried. Yeah. Sometimes that's what it takes. You want to well, get a shirt, you just got to accept you, the reality. So like, yeah. so, like, the whole thing, like, people that play MMOs, you have your keybinds and everything, right? Mm-hmm. You had five minutes to set up your keybinds. So you're just like, I, I rely pretty much on muscle memory when I play Final Fantasy, especially Ooh. as a tank. And it's just like, oh, I had five minutes, like, fuck, where is everything? <laughs> yeah. So for those who've never been to PAX, uh, getting in, playing one of the big games is. Uh, you have and, to have a lot of a very specific kind of patience. Yeah, or y- you just don't sleep and you get there early in the morning, like I did for Final Fantasy. The lines. When do you get, get there? Capped. Also, a very specific. Kind uh, well, of Monday wasn't too bad. But oh yeah, we talked about this. Yeah. The lines <laughs> get capped, and then you can't do more. Or if you're like Nintendo, you sell your line passes before this. Before the pack mm-hmm. convention free. starts. And then you have a standby well, line them, but yeah. where the standby line the gets sign up, capped. Yeah. yeah. So you're in a standby line, which means you have no guarantee you're actually going to go. Yep. Yeah. Though I... I Credit to Nintendo. Uh, I did find that their booth had good angles for watching people play mm-hmm. the games. Um, like, I was able to just kind of, like, sit to the side and be like, oh, I can watch Luigi's Mansion 3 for a bit. Or, oh, I can see these guys do some Pokemon stuff for a bit. I was like, all right, I feel like I got a sense of it. I don't yeah. need to wait in line. I, I, I mean, really I, hope... Oh, I was going to say, I actually really like the blend that a lot of booths were going for, where you could, like, line or you could get a pass. Like, I think some of the ways you, you merge those lines was really rough, but I think it actually turned out way better than last year. 
for like a Nintendo at least. Yeah, I yeah. believe it. I I really hope that there was like a couple people in line for Nintendo going like playing Pokemon, being like, "Man, this game fucking sucks. <laughs> I fucking hate it." Where's my national deck? Oh, I'm sure Just some talking people. Shit, like I am sure like giving people were feedback shit. to Who the people would working ever there. Say anything like that? <laughs> no one. Definitely not me. Like, five I'm, minutes ago, yelling. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. Can I be like kind of disappointed in how many people were in the Borderlands Three line for a game that came out in like? No, it hasn't come out yet. Yeah, it, but it came out in, like two months after the time, like. In t- yeah, from, it, yeah, yeah like it's going to be coming out in two oh, months. Oh, hey, yeah. well, yeah, for one, it's coming out in Can two months, and then standing two. standing in that much line for a game that was coming out in two months? That's the thing that bothered yeah, my mind. Yeah, and two, fuck Randy Pitchford. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't got context on this one. Oh, yeah, I don't he's either. He's kind of an asshole. Oh, that's a shame. For various different reasons. Like, I remember him, apparently he was, like, trying to, like, shit talk one of the previous, like, people that Gearbox employees. The person that voiced Claptrap, and that's the reason you don't have Claptrap in the new one, oh. or even in the this like weird DLC for Borderlands Wait, Two, which is also shit. Claptrap's not in Borderlands Three. No, because so like the guy that voiced that, Claptrap was dumb. a all right. Yeah, he was like an engineer, and they tried to get him to voice Claptrap, but they didn't want to pay him. Oh. Well, he's like, I'm not an employee anymore. Gotta pay people. <laughs> Fuck that. All right. Uh, and then like all the other crazy stuff that he's been posting online. Like, oh. vaguely child porn. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, wonderful. This is just a wonderful yeah, time. Let's yeah, let's go ahead and uh, move on to, let's see. What What's uh, favorite games that you get? What's, like, your <laughs> PAX MVP, I guess? Like, Windjammers 2. <laughs> I mean. No, no, I really like Windjammers, by the way. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm always interested in, like, the Monster Prom camp and things like that. Like, Monster Prom Reverse. I just really like like it. Like, the dev's really nice. Oh, what, yeah. what really hit it out of the park for me was actually board games this year. But as far as uh, actual video games, I what was that like? Just shapes. That and beats? is exactly the one I was thinking. Was just Apparently, shapes and beats. that's been there in years past. I've never it's been seen there for it a while. Yeah, but they had this really primo spot this year, so mm. it was just so enjoyable to stand there and play and watch this game where it's basically just a you're a little shape and you try and dodge around like. It's like an ace combat style thing, yeah. only you can't fire. You're just dodging. Just dodging. It's and bullet hell. Yeah. Yes. And Dang it. all of it goes to these really great beats, like a like a really great Or at least like e- at very intense beats. Yes. Like it was just a thing where like it, the fact that it was cooperative, it was very intense. It was fun to watch and it was fun yeah. to like – play and have other people like rooting for you constantly who are just like, like watching is, as far as like my pax moment that was my pax moment was standing yeah. there cheering on the one person left in the game and he's like sweating trying to stay alive when being bombarded by every single shape and when he got through and made it and everyone burst into cheers it was mm-hmm. like hell yes this is exactly what i wanted out of pax like music i enjoy games that look fun People just having a good time. It was great. I loved it. It yeah, seemed like good. there were a fair amount of music games this year. Like, there was the one that Carlo yeah. played, the, like, Sayonara something. Oh, Sayonara Memories? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was, like, the pop album one? Yes. Yeah, that, oh, that, yeah, that, that looked really good. That was trippy. Uh, Sayonara it Wild Hearts way, is the title. Yeah, it ended up, like, the whole thing was, like, it's a pop album, mm-hmm. and a game was made with it, and it's kind of a runner. and It definitely is a runner. But, like, that, that was what kind of turned me off at first. But then I actually played one of the later levels like sitting down like not even in line which yeah. was kind of weird 
but uh it was pretty good like the muse it was it kind of had that sort of like res infinite sort of feel where yeah you're not it's not hard it's not difficult but the experience is extremely enjoyable on a like a synesthesia level yeah it looked like it reminded me a lot of audio surf when i was watching you play it from like oh damn i love audio surf yeah Yeah. it it looked really fun that's something that i would like to play i I didn't have the opportunity to at pax though yeah i also have a little rhythm game like weakness you know the the megathon finale was a rhythm game (sighs) adika which is yeah yeah, yeah, so vr and also they played like a k-pop song and (laughs) it's really good yeah um what else was there? I, uh, I I think there's actually a lot. Yeah. Un- there, what was the what's the indie game that's kind of like Stardew, but you're like the, the with Stardew with a story, right? Yeah, with a story, it's and it's like the crypt. One Stranded Sales is the one you're yeah. thinking of. Yeah, yeah I really want to play that. Me too. I played a little bit of it at uh one of the indie events. I went yeah. to two indie events: the mm-hmm. Seattle Indies Expo and the Mix Seattle event. I'll talk a little bit about some of the the highlights from those, um, but. Yeah, I played a little bit of Stranded Sales, and I was kind of unimpressed early on. Like, I mean, I, it was just the tutorial section of the game, yeah. but it yeah. was a little bit like, oh, well, this is a bit, like, this isn't as fun as I was hoping it would be. Yeah. It's a, like, everything, it, it didn't have quite the same charm that I was looking for. Yeah, but I'm hoping that's one of those that's hard to capture the charm in a tutorial. True. Because that I, feel, I feel like, can we, where Sardu had like has a lot of charm in the just the set piece of the entirety of the game. Yeah, and the right? setup of it. Where yeah. I I feel that where the charm is going to come for uh, what's Stranded Sales. Sales is going to be similar to like Pyre, right? Where Pyre you don't really get into it, and you still you start seeing the stories. And I have a so like cool. that's from what I understand about the game, right? It's like you're ferrying these dead people. Like cross river across sticks? river sticks and you know you kind of fill the request and you can kind of you can kind of do it at your own pace which is kind of nice yeah um but that kind of gives it a very more of like a light-hearted pyre feel right yeah like so that's what i'm, I'm very interested in i want to see what these you know character stories are i know that they only had two of them done if i remember according to the devs so yeah uh, it might be a while yeah so w- I mean, we'll have to see there's a lot of games i'll be a while but there's like a lot of games that are like doing like really good combos with yeah. uh, people from other indie games that have been oh. really successful like uh there's actually um this like colorful like dog one which it won't come out for like two years but it's like with the the woman who did uh the music i think for celeste actually oh hmm. okay oh uh, lena rain awesome yeah, um, there was one game that I played that I really liked where it was a uh, a cat cafe simulator. Yes, <laughs> yes. And would, you could pick up the cat and put it on your head and walk around with cat on your head. You could pick the cat up and wiggle it. Wiggle, wiggle, wiggle. Oh, my this, God, it was so like cute. Is this like an isometric 3D thing? Or yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Okay, because that's like what I'm envisioning in my head, and that's fucking adorable. It was yeah. so cute. That it was, was very, that, very like like pre-alpha that? and janky. I've, I could probably find it. I think that's I took a picture of it. I want to know it. it was. it had so much potential. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, there actually was a really fun game that reminded me of Overcooked where you're building a train together. <laughs> like, yeah, there was, no, there was a lot of... There was a ton of Overcooked clones. A ton of Overcooked clones. Yeah. Overcooked clones. Um, like, there was one for, like... Uh, there was a couple delivery like putting, service ones. There was that one where you're like loading out. up the moving truck. Yep. And yeah. then there was, like, a totally reliable delivery service that was yeah. basically human fall flat or um, gang there was beasts, another but delivery. There was another one. Who was the one that was playing it? But it was like the, you were like you had to like sort a bunch of shapes and then deliver them. Yeah, and it was like a what was that? One. It was oh. like a puzzle one. 
forgot who played that. Yeah, I saw it only briefly. I yeah, it was it was actually it actually seemed very interesting. It seemed more memorization because you could only see only a part of the map as you went through it. So oh, you would no. have to sort things basically, and then you had like a limited amount of time to deliver them to like things at the top. Yeah. Was, and they were all just like little boxes. So it was a very simplistic game. Yeah, yeah. that stresses me um, out. <laughs> everyone's yeah. uh, seeing the success of Overcooked is like we yeah. want some of that. But, Honestly, but having more. Do games. we want? So many of the same thing. <laughs> um, I think at least for like the train one, I feel like it feels like it's a really natural merger where you're still doing collaborative. It's also like off the old timey themes of you're literally building the train tracks for the train as it's coming. So there's very much like a time set type thing too. Yeah. So it's a little, little different. I but. think there is, there can be room for it, but you need a niche. Yeah. And this leads very nicely into what we wanted to talk about today because when we were at PAX, there were certain things that we saw really a lot of. And we started asking the question of like, when do we hit saturation point with this? A good example of this is like Metroidvanias or visual novels. And two PAX's credits, roguelikes. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think we've even talked about roguelikes uh, oversaturation earlier on this podcast. It was like one of our first episodes. Yeah, I think so. Uh, so we... It hasn't stopped. Yeah, and this... This packs, I will say, there were there were certain genres where it was like, oh my god, there's so much of it. Like the overcooked clones really saw a lot of like binding of Isaac style roguelikes, uh, really yeah. saw a ton of uh like single screen brawlers, towerfall style. And I played a few really good ones, but there were definitely a lot of those, and a lot of them were pretty not great so yeah that i Those saw a lot good. of that was very different from the video game thing was this year i saw an exceptionally a lot of card games that are trying to get on what cards against humanity did Ooh. so like we've seen so many cards against humanity clones oh, yeah and this oh. year i don't know how much time you guys spent in the board game hall like but this the, year it was dire like there were just so <laughs> many it's like oh dude, our cards have a swear word on it ah. or not even that it's like hey Let's play a game where you make winning completely subjective and up to a judge every single time when <laughs> no. and like introduce that to a game of like really competitive board game people. It's like, yeah, like I don't really want like I remember recently playing a really shitty version of that game, not at PAX, but it was like trying to make fun of Silicon Valley and being like, you have to make these pitches. But you ended up oh, having no. the, it was like the main mechanic of the game. and You had to do it basically every like turn multiple times. Oof or every round and it was just like not fun yeah so we are going to rant for a little bit about the things that we are frustrated that are hitting oversaturation for us but we're also going to talk a little bit about what makes a genre or a style oversaturated to us in particular why certain things hit that point earlier than others Mm -hmm. and uh yeah just try and get a little bit into what is going on with that and why we feel so strongly about stuff like that. So um, let's start with some ranting. I think ranting oh. will be cathartic for us right now. So, Well, I actually had a question. I was Please. wondering if um, anyone else had checked out Hades, which is Super oh, Science yeah, Game. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah, that's yeah. interesting since you, you mentioned Pyre because Pyre was so interesting, unique. And yet the Hades is a uh, you know Greek mythology roguelike. It is. Yeah. But it feels fucking. Yeah, uh, that's the. Th- I mean, that's Feels a big thing. So there. good. It's like it's okay. Like I can compare like Pyre. Oh, wait, this this is this is maybe jumping the gun, but I can compare mm. Pyre to the same way I felt about Dead Cells because like mm. around the same time Dead Cells came out, which was about a year ago, mm-hmm. um, 
and I was complaining really hard about uh, roguelikes, uh, especially at the isometric Castlevania roguelikes, especially. Yeah. But I remember that's when our like one of our first podcast episodes. I was like complaining about it, but then I started playing Dead Cells, and I'm like, it like refreshed everything. It made it feel good. Like the mechanics were tight. It just like felt amazing, and I can almost say there is a weird. There are too many like roguelike and especially of the isometric kind mm-hmm. too, like the and like the Binding of Isaacs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But man, Hades feels so good. And well, you know, oh. I really think that that is it's, part of how yeah. some games get oversaturated. Is that now? I'm not trying to say that making a game is easy. It's not easy. But making some types of games is easier than others. Anything that is 2D and side-scrolly is intrinsically going to be easier to make than something that's 3D. Or I would yeah. argue that it's really easy to remake a game that already exists. So when we talk about Metroidvania-type games, which tend to be very sort of side-scrolly and 2D, and it's simply going to be easier for a person who wants to make a game to make that kind of game. And when there's more of that type of game, there's quite simply going to be more that aren't very good, which means that something that truly is very good in that genre is going to really stand out. And you're like, oh, maybe it's not oversaturated after all. But the problem isn't that these, I think any genre is oversaturated. I think the problem is just that there's too many bad games. Well, I think (laughs) that might be, yes. And also like Hades is using like Greek mythology, which is a very classic like inspiration point for a lot of things. And it's like, it's like the, the story's kind of wrought, but it's like, it's like just slightly different because like the the premise for Hades, right? Is like you're actually playing his son, Hades, the son of Hades. I don't remember, or but something like that. like that. And then yeah. like it's basically a rogue. Like there's a nice little part in the demo where you can like pet Cerberus, and you're like, good boy. And I'm just like, oh, this is just well, that, that, I, but I think I think yeah, but I think Evelyn's onto something where there's something about the quality of the game because like yeah. Hollow Knight came out recently. That shit was fucking good. I think it's and not that's necessarily... that's pure Metroidvania. Yeah, I think it's not necessarily, like, oh, that a lot of these games are bad, I think. Because, you know, I played... Or I played tons of, like... Innovative, maybe? That's, I think, what it is. I think it's that there's plenty of Metroidvanias that I played at PAX. And I was like, this is a fine Metroidvania. Yeah. It's fine. Mm. But so many of them, I felt, were just that. Where it's like... Okay, I mean, this world design is pretty cool. It's cool how it's opening up, but the actual playing of it is just kind of like, eh, it doesn't really stand out from any of the others. It's not yeah. memorable. You have to, like, have... Because there have been so many of this, you have to really stand out, and you have to really do something that's like, okay, this is really different. This is like some. This is not like something I've or, played before. But I would well, even almost argue that executing well yeah like i think i think there's a difference between like executing to like what you would expect and then executing to like just an extra like little bit beyond that because yeah i still think hades actually still fits very much into that where it's like no this is kind of standard in a lot of ways there's there's nothing extremely innovative about hades yeah there is nothing extremely innovative about um uh dead cells and nothing extremely innovative about hollow knight they so just <laughs> they just played very well, and there was a bunch of extra time and care put into it. Like for example, Hollow Knight, it is very much a Metroid, like on its on piece pen and paper. Like you're kind of fill, filling out these sort of areas as you move through. You get different you know powers as you get through it. Um, but part of what made it so interesting and maybe made it stand out compared to a lot of the t- games at the time, maybe, was that it was a throwback to original. Uh, level design where instead of doing things you know where 
where you had them procedurally generated, which was oversaturated at the time, right? Too many games had done it, even though Dead Cells had, like, made it in a very good kind of way because it was pretty repeat. Dead Cells ended up being pretty repeatable. But uh, it was like, you know, there was too many of the spelunkies in a sense. So do you think that a lot of the problem then is that... Because I was thinking when you were talking about, like, the throwback design, I think with Hollow Knight and with a lot of other things, what they do so well is they take a lot of the tropes of Metroidvanias and stuff like that and kind of do them better. And a lot of people who are making Metroidvanias, it seems, are just like, we're just going to do like a nostalgic thing to be like, oh yeah, we're going it, to... Yeah, it's it's like, it's just like, it just... Because yeah, it's, it's weird. It's like kind of weird because like you can almost say it's like they innovated on it, but... It's not. It just feels like a really well-executed version of it. In, like, the same way, like, take something like Stardew Valley. Just a much better executed version of Harvest Moon. Well, I, Like, I, way better than the current Harvest Moon that had come out at the time. It's also much more LGBT-friendly, which also is something that... I, I mean, that too. That's part of being better executed, yeah. right? Yeah. I also think about, like... Uh, I For whatever reason, I was thinking about Mighty Number no. 9 as an example of just, like... Because people are like, hey, we want to throw back that Mega Man. Sucks. Well, it's like people want to throw back Mega Man game, but they don't really because that's just all it was, was a throwback thing. It didn't take any of the genre improvements that have happened in the 20 years since that came out. And like, I feel like to some degree that's happening with Metroidvanias. It's like people want to play the game they remember, but the genre has kind of moved on from it to some degree. Yeah, and I mean, not just in terms of like iterating on the concept of the type of game, but we have better technology now even. So we can like have longer levels or more complex levels or more like throwbacks or better visuals. And take advantage of that. And actually another thing that I found that was very, very oversaturated at PAX, and I think I probably complained about this last year, is pixel art games. (laughs) Yeah. They look bad. (laughs) Some of them can be really beautiful, but I definitely feel that with a lot of the pixel art games, like there, a couple of years ago, there was like this resurgence where it was like, oh, pixel art. Oh, it looks so good. Mm-hmm. And every single person is like, wow, you know, it's trendy pixel art games. And That's it's the thing. very, very difficult to make pixel art look good. That's and the thing. You have I to am put... the pickiest person on planet Earth. I can't play mm-hmm. Stardew Valley because it's too pixely for me. Um, and so every single time I go into PAX and see 100 games in the indie area that are all pixel art, I'm like, make a game that looks good for God's sake. What do you think of it... Celeste? Don't think I've played that. <laughs> it, it, it uh, it like I don't like pixel games. It's the, yeah. so I would say you know I tend to agree with you. Like it doesn't bother me so much, but I also like think Stardew Valley is kind of an ugly game as much time as I've spent on it. Well, yeah. Um, but what it takes a lot of effort to make a pixel art game look pretty. And the thing with I think that made people be like, wow, pixel art, it looks so good, is because all the people who were doing pixel art at that point in time, like, really were like. Making I am, art. Yeah, yes. I want to make something in this style because I'm inspired by this style. Mm-hmm. And then what ended up happening was that it was like, oh, this is trendy now. And people did it because it was trendy as opposed to actually like feeling inspired by the style. And this is another thing about like 2D side scrollers where it's making pixel art is, and I'm not saying it's easy, but easier than making lots of other types of art styles in games. So we have these things where it's like, this is an easier type of art style and an easier type of game. And then we have a million versions of games that's a pixel art side-scroller that is just... Yeah, and, and I'm to, sick to death of seeing them. Yeah, and, and I to, don't want to say that every single pixel art game is bad. Like we were talking about, you mentioned Towerfall earlier, which is a pixel art game, and yeah. it's like a 
yeah. one of and, the and best to games the credit, of that type. To the credit of the devs, like I totally get like the fact that it's simpler means that yeah, you if you're a one man dev team. I get it. You don't have the time or the money to like hire a, mean, an artist or whatever. Yeah, he also made the music on top of that, yeah. which is like crazy. But I, I, I do feel like, like I feel, I feel that there's something to that oversaturation and like just like the quality of of how much you pull that off, right? Because like, like again, looking at Stardew Valley, the reason that it was so good was because it executed on like the very core points of Har- of Harvest Moon and did and added more more stuff to it right like the lgbt stuff like just kind of the ways that you were had you had your crop sprinklers things like that right whereas like take something more like uh like dead cells where it, it iterated upon that metroidvania sort of roguelike spelunky sort of deal but like okay you have a lot of different items you have a lot of these different powers right um you're not limited to a very small subset of powers like you would in normal metroidvania and then you also had like the bloodborne mechanic where you kill when you take damage right you can recover some of it by being more aggressive it like fostered an entire type of gameplay so i guess the next question i have with that because we've been talking a lot about like innovation and quality in terms of preventing things from getting oversaturated but we talked a little bit about shooters and you know shooters also have this kind of huge variance in quality to be sure and you know lower degrees of innovation um in general i i am overgeneralizing but you know that's why no one would ever say oh yeah we're we're oversaturated on shooters what why are we would that be happening i mean we're not also for most i feel <laughs> like most of the shooters you hear about are triple a studios and I think that that's the biggest difference right there. Because yeah. where a side side scroller is an easier thing to make, a shooter is as hard as it can possibly be. So there's a, so a, much expectation. A basement, and so much shit like that somebody goes into making it. a game yeah. by themselves or with a few friends, like in their living room, is not going to make a shooter. It's, oh, I mean, you you you've had like Arma two mods, and like DayZ was like a mod team, right? Fair enough. Very very but like, very but, rarely. But they and, didn't. They built. They didn't build the shooter from scratch is what I'm I guess I'm trying to point out like you you can like build on top of the shoulders of giants but. so so is it just then that the fact that we only have these games like the fact that they are bigger they are more complex means we have fewer of them a year is is that it where what's happening well, there I I'm not maybe we should have like looked into a number of games in different genres that are made each year sure um, there probably are fewer first person and third person shooters but just by the nature of the type of game, I think they are going to tend to have a higher quality bar. Because, like, a 2D game where there's, like, some place where there's kind of a glitch and you have to jump around it to get over it, that's mm-hmm. kind of annoying and kind of bad design, but whatever. In a uh, first-person shooter type of game where you have a glitch, you accidentally step on the wrong pixel and then you fall through the map for eternity. Like, the types of things that... And you have so many different mechanics and engines, and, like... So, like, I think what we, we maybe are actually looking at here, at the risk of saying it, is are we looking at indie game oversaturation with particular types of genres? Uh, I think maybe. I, I don't because know like, necessarily just indie game, because we've been talking a lot about that. But I was also thinking about some of the, not, like, AAA, but the kind of mid-level of, like, the Team 17-style thing, where it's the overcooked clones from a bunch of different producers of that yeah, level. But, like, I would almost argue, like... We've hit visual novel oversaturation in in a oh, weird mainstream novels. way, I, right? Like it's 
I was very happy that PAX did a thing this year where they said, like, this is the visual novel corner. Yeah, that's definitely something that I found very oversaturated as well. I like them, but they are very niche, and it seems that, like, developers have kind of reacted to that in a certain way because of games like Dream Daddy. Mm. Uh, which is also like a dating sim too yeah so it's like a special like extra it's a very specialized version of a visual novel where I, I gotta say the like venn diagram of dating sims and visual novels is like halfway crossing over oh no yeah it's really yeah. it's really strong there though so i was amused by the dating game where you're in old folks home and it's all like old folks dating each other i, I did not just like that a one. lot of actually like dating <laughs> sim has kind of like found its way into a lot of different things it seems yeah, yeah. It's, it's like when you think about like persona is basically yeah. RPG, rpg plus dating sim fire emblem is now tactical rpg plus dating stardew sim. stardew was farming. well then again harvest moon, harvest was, farming. moon was always was farming da- plus dating it was definitely sim, a dating both sim of, both of them still have that um boyfriend dungeon uh <laughs> dating sim slash dungeon crawler yeah, pretty much yeah pretty much i would call um, it that um yeah hey I, I guess people are gamers are horny <laughs> and I, I was gonna I say like we're ca- we're craving companionship thirsty. but thirsty. you know sure i want to make a throwback to something that you said about is it indie game type of games that are oversaturated and i after this conversation i want to walk back the concept that any game type is oversaturated because we've talked about how we've seen games recently, indie games, AAA games, in all of these genres we've talked about that we've absolutely loved. So I hesitate to say oversaturated because when you talk about something being oversaturated, it sort of implies that you're just done with it forever and it's garbage now. So I, But I think, that's not tr- clearly not true. I, mean, I think with, it, what I think about with oversaturation is there's so much of it that it's harder to find the good stuff. I think yep. that's what I think of when I think of oversaturated. It's like there's, you know, pools of, like, mediocre to crap stuff that you have to shovel through in order to find the gold. Well, and that's been the case for most indie games for a long time where it's like, you know, a bunch of people make them and then there's a ton of them and some of them are really, really amazing and some of them... Yeah, like maybe we might be feeling that kind of feeling because now there are so many good indie games and it's sort of... It can be hard to find the really, really great ones. Now I'm going to actually posit the argument there was only one genre that was oversaturated. If we go by Evelyn's sort of idea that bad game, there's a lot of bad games, but there have been good games, so that's why it's not oversaturated. Mm-hmm. There is one genre that has been oversaturated not by indie developers, but by AAA. Battle Royale was yeah, fucking true. dead this year. It's true. There was and no... it felt so good. Yeah, there was to no not new see Battle a Royale. single fucking one at PAX. Yeah. I feel like there had to have been something that we missed. There it probably was, but maybe it we just wasn't had blinders on. Yeah, like maybe my mind just like totally forgot no, about I mean, the Battle Royale bullshit because like that it wasn't last, really there. Yeah, last year where it was like every third booth was a Battle Royale thing. It was like yeah, something. It, it kind of died. Ru- really badly it's like tetris 99 came out I mean, and that was the end of it <laughs> what i guess you can argue fortnite was there a lot in full force uh, oh, I yeah. mean, last year i mean they were there Mini but golf. we didn't really they didn't really maybe that's have just a me presence. then yeah well i'm just so well no, like, I mean, no but there I were a lot of fortnite competitions at like the streamer booths yeah but i don't think yeah. that of that the same way where it's not like showcasing but, like, this entire I, okay i guess i i but, but even then I get what like, you're saying. the oversaturation aspect right like i guess fortnite still exists 
even though I'm not a fan of it. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you remember remember when you gave me the key for the first Save the World bullshit? I do remember that. And remember how we both hated it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> but you know how the actual Fortnite that we care about is a free-to-play game? So... <laughs> anyway yeah i Saddest mean i think llama pinata ever at pax there i think with that there with the battle royale genre there became i think we will start seeing other ones if there becomes if, if somebody puts out a battle royale that distinguishes itself from all of the others like I mean, gives itself its own niche like i mean tetris 99 is still super popular yeah. and it's a tetris True. battle royale games are advertising no battle royale as like a feature yeah <laughs> i mean if you can do it but like it's just because so much of it i think is so similar there's not oh, that much that distinguishes this battle royale from this battle royale from this battle royale and it's like well okay then like i figured it out here's what's gonna save battle royales oh and here's not only what's gonna save battle royales this is what's gonna save nintendo and their pokemon debacle <laughs> make pokemon 100 player battle battle royale last pokemon standing wins no potions oh see i thought you were gonna go like dating sim battle royale Ooh, <laughs> ooh! wait wait you're a giant you're part of a giant harem and you're trying to get the date with the one girl <laughs> so it's like bachelorette times a million dude a bachelorette video game yes it will... with a hundred a hundred oh my god you can I'm have this. you can have this for free internet <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome and i'm sorry yes. <laughs> yeah create procedurally generated Oh my Dude. god. It's Oh no. Now we have spoken this into existence and now out of the depths of hell it shall rise to consume the no, world. No, it won't. Let's move on. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh Yeah, I think we're we're sort of getting to we're sort of coming to a conclusion here, I think. Oh. We're to some degree. Ooh, you disagree, please. Well, no, I mostly want to go on a mini tangent about one of the games of the Megathon because I love watching it so much. let's come back to PAX then but like I want to conclude this topic to some degree I think there is we're sort of settling on this idea of just like it is the fact that if we're feeling like over if we are feeling oversaturated whether or not you know the genre truly is I think it is the it, it seems like we're settling on the distinguishing one thing from another within There's just a that lot genre. of shit out there. Yeah, and, and like it can be the quality, like Dead Cells rising so much higher in quality. It can be like an art style kind of thing, but it's like if there's nothing to tell one apart from the other, then it starts feeling just exhausting to play it. It's kind of like you had Midway as a company still, but all the games they published were crowdsourced. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. That's actually an excellent description of that. Yeah. Like... Yeah, it's just, there's not great games. Yeah. Please stop making really long, boring, slow-paced visual novels <laughs> and telling me that it's going to get more interesting as you know you get further in the game. Yeah, I mean, I'm so glad people get to practice and like, learn more about development and the like, though. Yeah, I... No, please. We've been ragging on indie games this entire time. Please keep making awesome indie games. Every single indie game... Is better than not having another game. Yes, if you are if you are wanting to make a game like this, please do not take our snark as stop with your dream. That please do not like even if it ends up being that it is you know very standard, it can still be really good practice for you, and you can use that to make something really spectacular. Yeah, because almost certainly you know you'll be able to build upon those experiences later on. So even if like the first 
few things you make isn't like the most innovative. Like you're still getting practice and you're still learning and getting much good things. Yeah, good speaking times. as someone who is ha, deals with crippling insecurity all of the time, it's v- everything I've ever looked back on and been like, wow, that was crap. But you know what? I'm still glad that I did it because I, I can look back now and say that was bad. Now I'm at least better. In the famous words of Jake the dog, the first step at being good at something is being really awful at something. It's I true. said that wrong. Yeah. I was close. You paraphrased <laughs> it fine. Close enough. Unless you're making a battle royale game, and then you should question your life decisions. Please stop. Please. Uh, so, there we go. Christine, you wanted to talk about a Megathon game a little bit. Mostly, yeah. I've already talked about Attica, but honestly, just from like a viewer's... Yo, rhythm games? Yeah, that was great. But no, I love rhythm games. Stop. Stop. Uh, anyways, Party Golf was surprisingly hilarious to watch. Oh, Party. We tried a bit of that. No, not Party Golf. We tried Party Crashers. Party I think. Crashers is actually one. kind of a good game. Yeah, well. Because Party Golf wasn't that good of a game. No, it's, it's hilarious to watch people as you torture them, especially if you turn on a mode called Rat King, where all the golf balls get stuck together. Okay, oh, that, they that, calamari themselves that together. Funny, yeah. That's fun. like honestly, I think it's because of the extra modes they added and enabled that made yeah. it hilarious. The, Not because the basic premise is actually well, like amazing. It, it's very customizable, and it puts. You, I feel like you can get really, some really good game modes if you put a lot of work into it. But uh, do they have a way for you to download game modes off the internet? I don't know. Because so, if they don't, they probably do. This actually hire bring, me. This actually brings up an interesting thing with. Uh, the saturation thing where I feel like there have been a shit ton of golf games recently, but still for some reason, I mean, or not for some reason, but still people are not being like, damn it. I'm sick of golf games. It's it's because when we're talking about how, what makes a good oversaturated game, we did somehow got back. Whoops. (laughs) That's not how that sentence goes. Um, Is that people do crazy, weird, innovative stuff with golf games. It's like golf. Let's put it in space. Golf, oh my god, let's make it so that you have a random shape every time. You know, like, there's so many fun different ways to make golf innovative. So yeah. let's just take that and apply it to every game genre. Random I will 100% accept a battle royale if it's as creative as every single golf game that comes out. That's it. I'm just going to say, In Space is like the least innovative thing <laughs> ever. Yeah, yeah do, do, that's why I'm not a game developer. But yeah, <laughs> so specifically though, for party golf, the fact that you could like turn on these modes, I mean, it's so random and stupid and great was basically what I loved about watching it because it's like the Rat King would make all the balls go together. The randomization of the goals you had to hit meant sometimes you literally had unsolvable maps. <laughs> oh, and it was competitive yeah. and you could do up to eight people where you're sharing controllers for yeah. it. There was a game called What the Golf I played uh, a couple packs ago that was I think oh, it's was coming that the, out soon. Was that the one where you like throw different things? So it's a ostensibly a golf game, but, but every really. single level is just about getting to the hole and a, like the one that I remember was you're this character, you line up, you're ready to go, you go to hit the ball, and then you hit the character instead, and you have to get the character into the hole instead of the golf yeah. ball. And like, but that's the kind of thing where that is I think why we haven't felt exhausted by golf games is because all the golf games that we've played it's like it's like we're gonna do something weird and different with the idea of golf and it it's fun it's fun because you get to be like this is fucking bananas and it's i get to just watch Mm. the madness i would all but then i'm gonna i'm gonna like take a 
weird negative argument here and say uh-huh. that there's been a genre that has been sorely neglected because nobody has come out with a good game for it. Well, and EA doesn't is not going to ever do this, oh, and no. that's Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Yeah, that's a very specific <laughs> genre. That is a specific type of genre. You're even like Tony Hawk. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Uh, there was a Wave Racer Tony Hawk game. I don't remember what the name is. You, you know, I think also just right. In, it was just like Tony Hawk, but on jet skis. <laughs> yeah. I th- oh yeah. What was that game? That was fun. Yeah, that was fun though. I was like, I needed another Tony Hawk. You know, I think apparently what we're getting is we really like these random niche games. Fun fact: Untitled Goose Game is coming out at the end of this month. Yeah. That is. That, I'm that, still excited. I'm gonna for say it. that shit ain't niche anymore. Like so many people were at the booth. Like so many people love that game. Yeah, everyone. Well, everyone everyone, everyone likes yes. being an asshole goose. Yep. Yeah, but the thing is though, including I mean, me. What other games are like asshole goose? Like Goat Simulator. <laughs> I think the goose is better. Well, like no, like the the, yeah. the thing the thing that I will point point out that Untitled Goose Game does very well. Uh, in comparison to those other games where you're you're being relatively like annoying to yeah. like the world and stuff and doing wacky crazy things, is that it's just th- so so beautifully craftly animated. Yeah. With every single bit and piece and the very simplistic design of it, it is something that is very very well executed for what it is trying to do. Also, yeah. it's very much it's like super a super tight. It's like a, also a one v one where it's like it's like goose versus the gardener. Versus, or like, groundskeeper. Versus, like, goat is, like, goat versus world. Yeah. I'm curious to see how much longevity it really has. Yeah, me too. Because. But it's it, so it's, pretty. Yeah, it, but it's it's a very cute game. Yeah. Um, I'm, yeah, if it's, like, if it somehow comes out at, like, $60, I'll be questioning a Oh, lot no. Of I mean, I feel like that should be, like, what, 20 bucks? If that. If, ooh, 20 is pretty cuspy um, for it. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting word. Yeah. I, I, I come up with words. I'm Shakespeare. <laughs> anyway, I think we've sort of covered. I think we've got to kind of wrap up at this point. Woo-hoo. So, uh, yeah, basically, moral of the story, do something weird with your games, guys. Give Just, us something that we can talk about. Like, man, that was bizarre. I liked it. Yeah. Bizarre, but also make sure their mechanics are well crafted for okay. it. Okay. Battle Royale dating sim. All right, we're done. <laughs> yes, With, everybody. We'll yes, see you next time. With human this hybrid Pokemon. This is Pixel Radio signing <laughs> off. Pokemon. Have a great yes. rest of your day, night, time. Time. Excellent words. Thanks so much, everyone. We'll see you next time. Bye.